0: Yeah, it's been a good, good week. It's a great day to be in church. I'm glad y'all are here. Uh, Those of you who are watching us online and also those of you who are at South Augusta campus. Can we give it up for our South Augusta campus? We are so glad that God has given us the opportunity to be one church in two locations. Um, We are continuing our Like a Flood series, and uh, last week we talked about salvation and that uh, God's salvation has come like a flood in our life. And through this series, we'll be walking through the book of Galatians, and um, we're going to Galatians 3 today. But I do want to Uh, make a point to highlight Galatians 2. If anybody has ever told you the Bible is boring, they're not reading it right. I promise it's good stuff. Galatians 2 is one of my favorite pieces of scripture um, depicting Paul's humanness. In verse 6 of Galatians chapter 2, he says, uh, it doesn't matter that Paul, um, Peter and John were important people. They mean nothing in that regard. But then later in verse nine and 10, he's saying they are pillars and you should listen to me because they have approved my message. It's just such a contradiction and it's, it's fun stuff. But today we're going to Galatians chapter three. And if you have your Bibles, go there with me, turn or click to Galatians chapter three, starting at the eighth verse. Galatians chapter three at the eighth verse, and it says, what's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. i want to talk to you for a few moments about God's blessings. Let's pray. God bless your word and give us ears to hear what you would say to us today and hearts to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, it was this guy named Lucas, and Lucas was a great guy, wonderful guy. Uh, he had one fatal flaw, though. Lucas was forgetful. Lucas was forgetful in the fact that he would pack his lunch the night before and forget it in the fridge the next day. Lucas was forgetful that he would not know where his glasses were while they were resting on top of his head. Lucas was so forgetful that he couldn't remember where he put the honey list while it was sitting in his hand. And, yes, I know there are some wives wondering if I'm talking about your husband. No, I'm talking about Lucas. Uh, Lucas is very forgetful. In fact, um, this forgetfulness would be inflamed when he had tough weeks at work. It would get even worse when he would have tough weeks at work. And one of these weeks, he came home after a long day, and he pulled up into his uh, house driveway, and he pressed the garage remote, but he realized that the remote wasn't working, and he was exhausted and wanting to get into the house. He got out of the car and began to try to figure out a way inside. He tried the door, but it was locked. He walked all around the house trying all the first floor windows, but they were also locked. And with weariness and frustration, he looked up and saw a second floor window was open. Excited that he had found a solution, he began to climb this tree in his front yard, this big oak, and he got off to the limb that was closest to the second floor window, and he jumped. Unfortunately... For Lucas, it was at this moment he remembered he was not as young as he used to be, and instead of getting to the second floor window, he ended up hanging from this same tree by the limb. And so he couldn't get himself down. By the grace of God, a neighbor came by and called 911, the fire trucks came. His wife happened to pull up while uh, the fire trucks were there. She got out all nervous and said, uh, "Honey, what happened?" And he began to tell her the story. I was just so desperate to get inside, and so I was trying, and I got stuck up here. And while he told the entire story, his wife's face went from concern to confusion. And with all the sweetness of a southern belle, she looked up at him and said, Baby, uh, why didn't you use the spare key under the mat? Uh, He began to turn beet red and uh, with embarrassment, and as the firefighters chuckled with laughter, He told his wife, I forgot. You see, the lesson of this story is a reminder that sometimes in the busyness of life, we forget the simple things that can help us in our time of need. The other lesson is that we need to be reminded every now and then about the things necessary in order for us to make it in this world, to make it in this life. This is what Paul is doing in Galatians chapter 3. There has been a deception, a ruse, a lie that has showed up in the church in Galatia, and he is trying to remind them that although you have gone astray, although you have believed the wrong thing, although you have tried all these other things, there are some things I need to remind you about that will be helpful for your journey. There are some things that I want to tell you about that are necessary for you going forward and this this is not new information that Paul is explaining to them, but it's old information that is now becoming truth for them. And so Paul is telling them the truth of the gospel and that all these other things in verse one and two, he's saying the law didn't give you the the spirit of God. The law didn't save you. It was a free gift of God. And he gets down to verse eight and nine and he is in his rhetorical stance and he is explaining to them that the, This thing is happening and you need to understand the truth of God's word and be reminded of it. And my brothers and sisters, this message is clear for us today and that God wants to remind us of his truth. In fact, God wants to flood our lives with his truth so that we can be changed forever. He wants to flood us with his truth so that we can be changed forever And the message in verse 8 and 9 that Paul is trying to display to them is that God's blessings have come like a flood. You can't control it. You can't manipulate it. God is not picking sides. He is coming to take over, and his blessings are coming like a flood in their lives. Here's the first thing that Paul says to them, and the overarching theme of this particular Particular passage is that the greatest blessing God has ever given us is Jesus. This is what he's trying to explain to them, that the greatest blessing that we could ever receive, the greatest thing that God has ever given us is Jesus. John 3 and 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, the son that died for us, that bled and died for us, and uh, um, rose again so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. That's the greatest gift. This is his explanation here is that Jesus is the greatest gift. The next thing he's telling us in this small piece of passage is that not only is Jesus the greatest gift, but God's blessings were always his plan for our life. And I don't know if you've ever heard this. Maybe you thought God's goodness and grace was for other people, but I need you to understand that God's blessings were always his plan for your life. They were always what he wanted to do in your life. And let me press pause here. Now, blessings is not, this is not some prosperity gospel, name it, claim it thing. But what it is, is that there are real blessings that God has already planned for your life, that he's prepared for your life, that he wants to give you. Now, the reality of life is that we live in a fallen world. And God's blessings do not exclude us or cause us to escape the effects and the realities of this fallen world. There are troubles and difficulties that we find in this fallen world. And it affects us all in different ways. Some of you are facing challenges in your finances. Others of you are facing challenges in your marriages some of you have seen sickness come into your family some of you are wondering how you're going to make it on your job wherever our fallen world has hit your life it does not negate the blessings of god in fact what the blessings of God do is that in spite of what we are facing, in spite of the troubles around us, we can still have joy. We can still have hope because God's blessings are on our life. And in fact, Scripture says it like this. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Because God is for us, because he's within us, although we are facing challenges, although there is difficulty, we can still have joy because his favor and blessings are on on our life and it was always his plan for us it was always his intention and here's the main part of what Paul is saying here is that our faith in Christ opens the door to receive God's blessings this is what he says in verse 9 he says and though because we have faith in God or faith in Christ we receive the same blessing that Abraham received. Now it's interesting that Paul is connecting the blessings that are available to us to this guy named Abraham. Abraham lived nearly 2,000 years or 2,100 years before Paul pens these words. Yet there is a connection between what Abraham received and what we are able to receive. And in order to understand what Paul is talking about here in Galatians 3, 8, and 9, we need to understand that what Abraham's blessings were. We need to understand what was going on in Abraham's life and what God wanted to release in our life. You see, the blessings of Abraham are available to us, that God's favor and blessings are on our life. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 3, we get to see the, the blessing of Abraham. This is what he says. He said, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. For the duration of our time, I just wanted to show you the five blessings of Abraham, the five blessings that were available to Abraham and now are available to us. Here's the first one. It's the blessing of direction. My brothers and sisters, God does not want you walking aimlessly around in life. That God has a specific plan and a specific design for your life, and he will guide and direct your paths. Proverbs uh, 3 says it like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. God has a specific place for you to go and you don't have to be wondering where I'm supposed to go. You don't have to be concerned about what I'm supposed to do. In fact, God will lead you and direct you. That's the first blessing of Abraham. God comes to him and says, I want you to go to the place that I will show you. God tell you for your life today that God has a plan for you. In Psalm 32 and 8, uh, scripture says it like this. He says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. God is in the directing business. You don't have to be unaware of where you're supposed to go or what decision you're supposed to make. God is intentional, intentional about leading and guiding you to the place that he has for you. In fact, in the book of Isaiah, he says, you will hear my voice telling you whether to go to the left or to the right. God's direction is a blessing that uh, we, he has for our lives. And if we are willing to listen to those directions, he will lead us in the place that he wants us to go. Now, sometimes where he's leading us is not necessarily something that feels good for us. And in the moment, it's not something that we desire to do. But what we do know is although it may not feel good, it will work out for our good. And if we're willing to follow his direction, instead of ending up in a dead end, instead of ending up stuck, we will get to the expected place that God has always planned for us to be. God wants to bless you with his direction. Here's the second thing that is important for us to know. The second blessing is that God blesses us with purpose. You you may have been a surprise to your parents but you were not a surprise to God. You are purpose by design. God shaped you and made you the way you are made intricately made you specifically for the assignment and purpose that he has for your life. One of the most frustrating things to do is to be living and existing and not know why. God does not want you to be unaware. In fact, he is specifically laying out his purposes for your life. And if we're willing to follow his direction, this purpose that he has for us will be revealed. Is what he says to Abraham. I know you've been wandering. I know you you've been walking around, you've been following your father, and you got stuck in Hebron. But I want you to know: not only am I directing your life, but I have a purpose for your life. And that purpose is to make you a great nation. And, and I want you to, to notice. That God takes direct responsibility for the purpose that he has for Abraham's life. And God is taking direct responsibility for the purpose that he has for your life. Look what he says in Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you and I consecrated you. Another version says, set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This is God talking. You can't accomplish your purpose on your own. But the good news is that God is taking ownership of your purpose. And he says, I'm going to bless you with purpose. I'm going to give you a reason for living. And as long as you have breath, I've got a purpose for you. As long as you have life, I've got a plan and something for you to accomplish. Each of us were created on purpose to fulfill purpose. And that purpose is to make a difference in the lives of others. This is the blessings that God gives us. not only the blessing of direction and purpose, but God gives us the blessing of provision. My brothers and sisters, God is concerned about the material things that you need in life. And he's intentional about providing for those needs that you have. He says he's your shepherd that you shall not want. David said it like this. I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. God is intentional about providing for our needs. Providing for what we need. In Philippians 4 and 19, Paul says it like this, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to, the, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, is one version, in Christ Jesus. He's concerned about your needs. And he's not afraid of blessing you. In fact, he desires to bless his children financially. He desires to bless his children with the things that they need. But here's the thing, and this is what he says to Abraham. He connects this material blessing to this other thought, and he says, I'm going to bless you. Why? And you will be a blessing to others. This is the reason why God wants to expand you, not so you can build up your own kingdom, not so you can feel blessed and have all of these things. The reason why God wants to expand you is because he wants to trust you in making a difference in the lives of others. If you want to see God move in that area of your life, connect it to making a difference in the lives of others. You see, God's blessings in our lives has more to do about others than they do about us. Has more to do about others than what it has to do about us and this is one of the reasons I believe that our church is so blessed and why God has trusted us with more over and over because we are intentional about making sure we make a difference in the lives of others. This week I got an opportunity to serve at the Dream Center and there was this lady who came in who had just hit a rough patch, and she was crying. And with shame in her eyes, she said, I've never been here before, I've never had to uh, need resources like this before. And I said to her, it's okay, this is the very reason why we are here, to help you when you need it most. And here's the reality, If you take care of things that are close to God's heart, he will take care of things that are close to your heart. And the things you desire, if you can connect it to the things that are concerning to God, that he will take care of everything that is concerning to you. That he will provide for your needs. That he will make a way in the wilderness for you. That in the midst of a pandemic, he will still make sure that you have more than enough. He will make a way for you. This is what he's saying to Abraham. And the reality is Abraham dealt with some difficult things. But in the midst of difficulty, God continued to bless him. In the midst of droughts, God continued to bless him. In the middle of a wilderness, God made a way and continued to bless him. And this is the same blessing God wants to release on your life. I need you to understand that God is for you. God is in your corner. Here's a fourth uh, blessing that I think is important for us to understand. It is the blessing of favor. I, 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 I love this, what uh, God says to Abraham. He says, I'm with you. I, I am going to make you famous. I am going to take care of you. I'm going to make sure that you are all good and you are all okay. You see, favor could do more for you than any of your qualifications can. Favor is God's goodness on your life. Favor is God's approval on your life. Where God will do immeasurably more than you can do on your own. I remember when um, a few years back, While I was still single, uh, I ended up uh, taking the test and became a certified teacher, and I taught fifth grade for a year, and it took all of two weeks to realize I was in the wrong profession, and I needed to quit. And so I'm not doing that anymore, and God bless you teachers, you are the real heroes, and whatever you are asking for, they need to pay it to you. Okay, yes. But I got that job. I I passed the test. I didn't have any experience. I just had a bachelor's degree at the time. And I interviewed and I got the job. But my supervisor, the head over our our fifth grade department, she was so cold to me for the longest time. Very mean and dismissive. And uh, you know, I I was kind of confused because I was like, I'm a nice person. How can you not like me? This is not okay. And so I did what I do. I took it as a challenge and said, I'm going to kill you with kindness. And ultimately, my charm won. And, you know, my wife tells me I'm charmful. So, yeah, it worked. And she was, she was nice to me. And she, she came to me after we had broken down the wall of hostility. And she said to me, you know, Mo, I didn't like you. I really didn't like you. She was also the person that interviewed me. And she, was, she said something to me that she wasn't supposed to tell me. She said, In fact, when I interviewed you, I didn't want to hire you. There was somebody else with more experience who I preferred, but the principal overruled me and said, I don't know why. But I think this is the guy we need to hire. And I just want to tell you that you don't need your degrees, and it's a good thing. You don't need your qualifications and experience. It's a good thing. All you need is the favor of the Lord. And when God's favor is resting on your life, it doesn't matter who says no. It doesn't matter who rejects you, because when God is for you, the gates of hell cannot stand against you. God is with you and fighting for you. And I don't know who I came to tell this too, but whatever you are facing has to bow at the name of Jesus. Whatever you are facing has to be removed because God's favor is on your life. God's favor is with you. And this is what we see in Genesis chapter 39, verse 4 and 5. And I, I Lord, I feel like preaching. Genesis chapter 39, verse 4 and 5. We see an example of Joseph. Joseph is in a difficult predicament. And can I tell you, even in a hostile conditions, God's favor can be on your life. Even in difficult surroundings, God can even bless you in the middle. In fact, David says it like this. The Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies Enemies That God's favor is not limited by man's no. God's favor is not limited by your circumstance and situation. uh, Joseph is in slavery. But while he is in slavery, in the midst of being in slavery, God is with him. In the midst of being surrounded by people who want to crush him and push him down, God is with him. And it says... Everything that he did was successful. And instead of being in chains, Joseph found favor in the sight of his slave master, and he is running the house. And all I want to tell you, your boss may be crazy, but God's favor is on your life. Your your HOA director may be crazy, but God's favor is on your life. God's favor is with you, and he is fighting for you. Here's the fifth blessing that is available to us. Number five is the blessing of protection and I want you to notice this because this doesn't sound like a blessing of protection, but it really is a coat of armor that God puts around Abraham. He says, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who treat you with contempt. In other words, what he's saying is anybody who doesn't treat you right, I'm going to take care of, and those who treat you right, I'm going to bless. And so what Uh, all of Abraham's people understood is if I'm going to be blessed, I got to treat Abraham right. And it's God's protection that covers Abraham while he is with Pharaoh and Pharaoh wanted to take Sarah from him. It's God's protection that covered Abraham in every area of his life. And can I tell you God's blessing of protection is on your life. The very fact that you are here today is because of God's protection. I know it's hard to believe right now because you're sitting here looking all nice and fancy and cute. But the reality is you wouldn't have survived what you have been through if it had not been for the protection of God. You wouldn't have survived those disco 70s and those crazy 80s. You wouldn't have survived those trouble in your neighborhood 90s and those oops, I did it again 2000s. You wouldn't have survived all of what you've been through if it had not been for the protection of God. God's blessings are on your life. His protection is on your life. Psalms 27 and verse one, David understood that God's protection is on him. And he said it like this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress. Another version says the Lord is the strength of my life. So why should I tremble? Do you know that God is with you? And this is the reminder that he wants us to understand. I know you have heard no over and over in your life. I know you've seen rejection multiple times. I know you've seen difficulty, but hear the word of the Lord. He is for you, and his blessings are coming like a flood. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can hold it back. Nothing can control it. God is surrounding you with his goodness and his mercy, with his direction, with his provision, with his purpose. Everything that you need is wrapped up in the blessings of God. God is here for you. The interesting thing, I I called it five blessings, but it was really five components of one blessing that is given to Abraham. And God reminds Abraham of this blessing multiple times because sometimes we get weary. Sometimes the difficulty of our obstacle seems too big And God reminded Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, God reminded Abraham multiple times that the same blessing that I spoke over you has a ripple effect and it will come to pass. Many years later when Israel had become a great nation, This idea of this blessing continued to be passed on. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 and 26, the priests, they would gather the people. And when they gathered together, the priests would begin to declare these words over them. It said, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Every time they would leave, they would say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. In the midst of walking in the wilderness, they would say, may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. In the midst of family conflict and difficulty, he said, may the Lord give you his peace. And today, we are declaring the blessings of the Lord over you. Wherever you are, whether you're in this room, you're watching online, whether you're at South Augusta, you're watching in our atrium or in our outdoor venue, the blessings of the Lord are over you. God is for you. And today, in this room, I want to ask you to stand. At South Augusta, I want to ask you to stand. Because we're going to do something today. We are gonna sing this same blessing over you. And we're gonna release everything that God has in store for His children. And as we sing this song, here's what I want you to do. If you feel comfortable, I want you to open your hands, lift your hands, and receive what God is doing. Receive the wave of God's blessing on your life. I, I, I don't care what it looks like at home, I don't care what you walked in with today. That as you lift his name up, as we declare his blessings over you, God is going to become bigger. And whatever you're facing is going to become smaller. And he will reign and get the victory over your life. Let's sing this song together.
1: No children, and the children, may His presence go before
0: Let's worship God. Can we put our hands together and shout unto our God? Scripture says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say so. Hallelujah. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your blessings that have been released into this room. And God, even now we sense your presence. We know that you inhabit, you dwell where praises are. And as we have lifted you up, God, you have come down. And your word declares that you will open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing that we don't even have room to receive. And God, over this congregation, over these people watching, over South Augusta, we decree and declare your blessings like never before, God. Let a wave of blessings, a flood of blessings flow through this congregation. God, new ideas like never before. Funding for ideas like never before, God. Provision like never before, God. Direction like never before, God. Your protection, we pray for healing, God, like never before. move by your spirit and your power over this group of people. We believe you, God, and we say yes. We surrender to your purposes. We surrender to your direction. And we will give you the praise, the honor, and the glory because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen and amen. May the favor of the Lord be on your life. God bless you and have a great week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.